0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a galaxy far, far away where today we'll be breaking down everything you need to know ahead of the Book of Boba Fett. Welcome to the Boba Fett Primer. We will see you on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, the Book of Boba Fett. We return to the Mandalorian universe where we are following one of the most classic Star Wars characters of all time in his own spinoff Disney Plus series. I
1: am your host, Matt Rimkey, joined as always by my co-host Liam Crowley. Liam, how are we doing? Fantastic, Matt. It feels like we're just taking no breaks in the best way possible. End of one series into the next. And I am stoked to be back in the galaxy far, far away.
0: Kind of back to our roots a little bit, right? You know, this oh, is yeah. this uh this universe, the Mandalorian universe specifically within the Star Wars universe as a whole is kind of where we got our footing and you know, I feel like it was the season finale of Mando 2 where we all just kind of realized we got something here. You know, this is a fun podcast. This is the emotion I was looking for. This is the product I was hoping to create. And a big part of that finale review, a big part of that episode was our very own direct direct, 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 com Star Wars
2: correspondent all the way from Duval,
0: ladies and gentlemen, Jack
2: Pews. Ah, oh, thanks for having me back, guys. I I got emotional just thinking about that. I'm so honored to have been there for that finale. What a time it was, and it was a year ago. And now we're here, back talking Star Wars again. I'm excited. I distinctly remember all of us like sitting there for multiple
0: moments of that review, just kind of like, ah, you know, like, <laughs> you just that, like I, no words I are I being had no spoken. Words. We're just yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was it was the word picture of Luke Skywalker arriving when I said, you see the green lightsaber. And we're all like, but Kit Fisto died during Order yeah. 66. <laughs> that was a moment in time. OGs oh, remember. Always. Always, always. Good stuff,
0: Jack. We are coming back to the Mandalorian universe. Is that what we're calling this one, guys? I think so. Mandalorian so
2: universe, whatever. It kicked it um, off. It kicked it off.
0: You know, season one, season two... MASH success, I think we're all loving it. And, you know, hyperbole, superlatives, whatever you want to call it, in my opinion, the best Star Wars thing that's been made since I've been alive is Mando Season 2. You know, there's Rogue One, there's a sequel trilogy, there's a prequel trilogy. I think Mando Season 2 is as good as it's gotten, even though it's so contemporary, you know what I mean? I haven't even sat with it for a year. The fact that we're now getting our first spinoff of many From this franchise, the Mando franchise, um, I think is a real testament to kind of what Star Wars and Lucasfilms and Disney is trying to do with this property. Jack, you know, Book of Boba Fett being the first one, first spinoff out the gate from the Mando series. Do you think do you think that's any sort of plan to kind of establish this character more or is this more of a world building series in your eyes when you look at the Mando franchise and everything to come from it?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both because, I, I, like you were saying, I think Disney and Lucasfilm is just kind of like letting John Favreau and Dave Filoni kind of do their thing with this, sure. which I think is smart. Just kind of let, let them loose and just see what they can come up with. And like you said, it's been a success so far. But I know that I think John Favreau specifically told Lucasfilm, hey, don't on Disney Investor Day, not Disney Plus Day, Investor Day, he said, don't talk about Book of Boba Fett. Just save that for us. And he didn't tell them why. He just said, don't do it. And then so we could get that stinger at the end of Mando season two with the reveal. And I, I, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think they're trying to build this world a little bit more specifically like this crime underworld, this criminal underworld, the mob world of star Wars. Um, But I, the thing about the show that I'm so curious about is like, I don't know how this will play into the universe itself. Like the plot of this Mando universe. I'm really interested to see where, we end up by the end of the season, but I, I think there are a lot of things that John, Robert Rodriguez, and Dave are trying to like figure out with this show and find their footing before they continue it with a show like Ahsoka, which I know we're all looking forward to.
0: Absolutely, and it's almost like the season finale of Mando Two kind of set us off in three different paths. There's, there's whatever Boba Fett's going to be about. You know, the underground crime it. Uh, syndicate, My name yeah. Yeah. syndicate, syndicate, yeah. syndicate crime syndicate tatooine stuff there's the jedi things happening what with the grogu and ahsoka we got acolyte coming out and then and then you got everything with the uh the the mandalorians and the dark saber and all that kind of lore that hasn't even been touched in a live action but it's got so much you know behind it with animations and books and stuff like that liam i want to go to you that's stinger at the end of season two the post-credit book of boba fett scene I kind of liken it a little bit to um, Mr. Stark, you've entered a world bigger than you could ever imagine. You know, I'd like to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Like that's, that's kind of when, you know, got, just got chills saying it, by the way. It's kind of like when, you know, people who were into it at the time, you know, we were all kids, but people who were into it at the time were like, yo, like they're doing something like they're actually doing something here. I remember I was, you know, I was in high school. I was 18. I was like, oh, they're, they're going to keep doing these. Like, this isn't just a one-off event. There's a universe being built here. Liam, as far as this universe being built, this being the steering ship, do you think that we are going to get more off of this, or is this going to be a smaller story in the Star Wars universe?
1: So I'm glad you asked me this particular question because at first glance, I think of this show being a nice tribute to a legacy character that's never sure. really gotten his due. And then I think about, well, when did I think of that very recently with a Marvel project going into Loki? I thought that Loki was going to be nothing but hey, Tom Hiddleston, you've been with us since 2011. Here's your chance to shine. Just a little bit of an off world story. Oh, what's Loki up to? And little do we realize it is quite literally the most consequential (laughs) Disney Plus project ever done so far. So if I go into Boba Fett with the same expectation, I think that there will be a lot of legacy, a lot of tribute like we got with Tom Hiddleston's Trickster. But the difference here is I expect there to be bigger picture consequences moving forward because Star Wars 2, I don't feel like they're in the business right now of doing just one off fun stories for the heck of it. I really feel like they want to advance the ship. They want to advance the narrative. And they've really kind of refocused their, their narrative structure around the immediate aftermath of Return of the Jedi. The sequel trilogy, you know, 30-something years in the future uh, after Return of the Jedi, uh, the, the Empire is gone. The First Order has risen. And they told that story for three movies. And for better or worse, it ended. And now the Disney Plus side of things, we're now picking up, you know, the immediate weeks, months. There's still stormtroopers roaming around. There's still little crumbs of the empire scattered across the galaxy. And this show being the crime side of a world's left in chaos, I think could be very, very intriguing moving forward. And I, I'd be shocked if, if it wraps up with a nice little bow. I think that there will be not necessarily room for a season two but there will definitely, definitely be something for a future Disney Plus show uh, to carry on and going forward.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know I, I agree with everything you both said there, as far as like what this show specifically looks like from an outside view. You look at the sequel trilogy. Um, you know, JJ uh, Abrams, Ryan Johnson, they both they both took on that task of okay, you know, the prequel, the prequel trilogy was panned when it first came out got a cult following out of nowhere. And now, you know, it's very divided. People either hate it or love it. They wanted to make something that kind of brought back to the core of star Wars, which was personal stories or as much as we like to fill in the gaps because we're nerds and stuff with all the political and, you know, the military side of things, the sequel trilogies is more often than not a personal story about Ray and Kylo and the people around them. It's not really about the world of star Wars. It's about that group of people in those movies, Whereas the prequel trilogy, for better or for worse, it's so political. It's so world building. Like, you know, Anakin obviously is the core of the entire trilogy, but a lot of that movie is about the politics and the world around him and less about him solely. You know, there are moments, obviously, Mm -hmm. it's a movie, but I think that what they're doing with Mandalorian and taking a little bit of the John Favreau Marvel experience is trying to get back to that building the world around these characters as well as those characters and when you do something like that patience really helps you out. Look at where we're at after Mando season 2. The 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 dark saber, Jack, you know, you're the you're the expert here. The fact that we got two seasons to get to okay, who's going to wield this thing at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going into the third season kind of at a big starting point for that storyline. Do you think that with Book of Boba Fett and the other series around it, this is there's going to be more, um, you know, threads like that being built out, leading back to one big event?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think they're, I think they're really combining what you saw with the sequels of more of that personal story and what you see in Star Wars every now and then, or most of the time. Like in, in the original series, there was a lot of world building, but also personal stories with Luke and Leia and Han. Um, I think they're combining that flavor with that world building that was just inherent with the prequel trilogy. And I think really for me personally, the Clone Wars and Rebels less so more so Clone Wars was the perfect blend of those two things. And I think that's really what they're trying to accomplish with this live action Disney plus series and and Mandalorian universe. Um, But I think, I think they're going to tell this story both. I think it's going to be personal because they're, they've already talked about doing flashbacks telling us, what happened in those five years between return of the Jedi and Mandalorian, how he survived the Sarlacc pit, what he's been doing, how he ended up where he did, where we pick up with him in Mando season two. Um, But I think they will use that crime aspect, that mob aspects to kind of really bring in that world building aspect that you've talked about already. And Ming-Na Wen has even said that this is different from the Mandalorian from, you know, that's much more of like a Western. This is, a very very much a mob story which is intriguing to me because it like it's on tatooine it already has that western feel, but they're really going the mob angle here and i mean with star wars again we've got hits of it in like clone wars but like there's a lot of different directions you can go into and i think it will all build into this one big event with all the different shows I think
0: and hope so, too. And I think that they're doing a really good job building it up. Um, Liam, you know, last thing, just kind of overall scope before we kind of dive into the specifics. We talked about this with Marvel. It really hasn't happened yet. But combining Disney Plus with the movies is something that, you know, it's, it's an idea that we all really get excited about. Because, man, how cool would it be if we got like a season of a show leading into a movie? And What if that became the status quo? I think all the time. What if the Harry Potter movies were HBO shows? Like what if it was Game of Thrones, but with Harry Potter, like how cool would that be? Right. I think that's kind There's of e Jackson. There we go. You see, exactly. That's kind of the vibe we're getting from this Mando series is like, they're, they're very slowly telling one big story. And with book of Boba Fett, we kind of get, um, I, I get a similar vibe from the trailers, but even a smaller story, it gets even smaller than what Mando was, which is pretty small to begin with. Um, you know, We've had some pretty good luck with small stories lately on Disney+. Plus. Hawkeye, smash hit. Um, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier, small story, smash hit. And um, so now we're here with Book of Boba Fett. My question to you is, you know, the, the rumor came out recently, and we talked about it on the podcast. We've only seen footage from the first half of the first episode. Do you expect a twist and turns kind of situation coming on? Or do you think it's going to be a little more character-driven and you know straight through the story being told, not so much the mystery behind it?
1: You got to imagine they're hiding something, right? right. Like, right. like why pigeonhole yourself into a very, very limited marketing campaign in a time period where you really should not should? I, I we're watching the show regardless of whether we saw a single trailer or not, but if you want to get a lot of fans excited. You really got to throw everything in the kitchen sink at, at your promotional material because of hawkeye because of spider-man no way home and even though boba fett yeah it's star wars it's still competing with fellow blockbusters even you know the matrix isn't getting uh, a lot of uh, attention right now but still even something like that is, is generating uh rave discussion on social media because it's not only uh entering a theatrical release but also a day and date with hbo max so to have such a limited marketing marketing campaign is an interesting stylistic decision but i also point to say a wandavision who knew what they had on their hands and they were like this is going to be a snowball momentum show we don't need to break records with the premiere because they're going to be so invested by the finale that we our marketing campaign will write itself so i i i'm willing to bet star wars specifically has wowed us before with what they've saved because you know lest we forget I believe it was right before Disney Investor Day, we got a trailer which included all the footage that we had seen leading up. And I watched that trailer and I was like, oh my God, they, like it was the realization of we've seen so much this season. None of this was in previous marketing material. Damn, that's special. And we still haven't even got the finale. I think Boba Fett's going to be something similar in the sense of character cameos, in the sense of location callbacks. And I think that even though this will be a small story, I think it has the potential to get pretty grand in scope. And the one piece that I'll kind of tie it to is if they're building to some big story, we know Mandalorian season three is going to deal with Mandalore and, you know, him taking his rightful place at the throne and everything. I think there's a chance that whatever Boba Fett conquers over on Tatooine becomes an asset for Mando and company in season three.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, that excitement of something big to come is really what's gonna drive us, at least probably through the first couple episodes of this. This seems like the kind of show where the first episode we're not gonna be blown away by, but it's gonna set up a lot of what to expect. And I think mm-hmm. that um, you know, I think if we go into it with that headcanon, we can be excited. And as far as what to expect, you know, before we got on this recording, I checked out the IMDB page, guys. There are three actors listed for this show. Three. It's, it's uh help me with his name again, Jack? Mira Morrison. Mira Morrison and Ming-Na win. I think that, you know, obviously that's Boba Fett and Finnick Shan. Those are the two characters. Those are the two leading characters. Those are the ones we know going in. So much to learn here with the book of Boba Fett. Right. And it's all happening on the very first location in Star Wars history. We're back on Tatooine. Jack, how excited are you to, you know, I not only get the, You know, a little bit of a background and a little bit of a spotlight on Boba Fett, but we're probably going to get a lot on Jabba the Hutt here, probably going to get a lot on Tatooine and what that whole looks like. Do we see the return of some of our most favorite Tatooine uh, people and places from way back when? You know, how excited are we to be back on the same planet that Anakin hates, by the way?
2: <laughs> I would hate it too. I sympathize with Anakin. I'm very excited it. to go back there. I hate Sand too. I'm excited to see it on the big screen. I don't want to go there anytime soon. But <laughs> I'm really oh, uh, uh, I still haven't watched Dune. I feel horrible Neither. about that. Me either. It.
1: I got to uh, see it on the big screen. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's all, really let's all go see it. We'll meet the central location between New York, Florida, and Denver. I think that's Indiana, by the way. And we'll all go see Duke. <laughs>
2: Perfect. Sounds good to me. As long as it's not sand. Is there sand in Indiana?
0: No, no. There's okay. nothing in Indiana. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. I'm very excited to be back on Tatooine. And I will say I have this quote I, from Robert Rodriguez saying, Things turn up you don't expect. You see things we couldn't believe we got to do. Every episode has big surprises. So Mm -hmm. what you were just talking about with locations, cameos, whatever it may be, I think we're getting a ton of it. And I I think especially with the action, I mean, just based off what we saw in Mandalorian season two. But being back at this location, I mean, there's so much to explore specifically on this planet because it's like I kind of forgot about until just now, but Cobb Vanth. When did he get that armor? When did the Jawas get the armor from the Sarlacc pit? Like, what What did he even go do once he gets out of the Sarlacc pit? Like, where does he go? What does he do? Like, mm-hmm. has he been on Tatooine this whole time? I think there's a lot to... I think they'll, they might do like a balancing act of we'll see characters that he interacted with during that time and then he might go pay them a visit in this present timeline when he's trying to basically wrangle in Jabba's empire and, you know have complete control over it because I think another quote I saw was it's easy to sit on the throne. It's hard to maintain it and keep it. So I think I don't, I can't imagine we're going to leave Tatooine much if at all. I mean, I I would assume we will a little bit, but I think this is going to be a Tatooine heavy story. And I, whether it's Cobb Vant, whether it's, uh, I mean, who else? I I think we're going to see a lot of new characters, especially within the mob families. What, what do you got for me, Matt?
0: There's one return that I think we all want and need and have to see. It. It's Wano. It's Wano. I gotta see Wano. Are you kidding me?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Eddie. <laughs> Kleinfeld just popped up somewhere. He's very excited that you just That's said that. That's what I'm that. saying, uh, man. <laughs> wa- wa- Honestly, I, with Dave Filoni directing an episode, I wouldn't put it past him. That dude loves show the prequel. I mean, I do too, but like he, he loved, him and John, I don't, it was not one of the behind the scenes things of like, I think Dave like referenced a, uh, a young Anakin quote about like, uh, Spinning, that's a good trick. And him and John were like little kids giggling about it. I would love for Dave to throw in a little thing like Watto in there, even if it's just in the background. Uh, But yeah, Tatooine is like the pitch perfect Star Wars location. Like you said, it's the first one we ever saw. It's, I mean, that's kind of like home for Star Wars. So I'm really glad to be back.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so, Liam, I want to go to you. Jack brought up, um, you know, this is more like a mob story as opposed to a Western. I always love how Star Wars is able to take like a traditional, you know, literature trope, but in space. You know what I'm saying? It's a Western, but in space. It's a uh, political thriller, but in space. And then it's a Shakespearean romance, but in space. So a mob movie, but in space that sounds pretty incredible to me. And I think that there's a lot of ways to tie this into that Western vibe though, because mob stuff and Western stuff are very similar, but you know, the distinct difference. There's a, there's a code between the people involved that, you know, one has that the other doesn't and vice versa. And um, I think that you mentioned Cobb Vance, Jack, Liam, I want to go to you. Do you think that there's any other Mando characters that we've met so far that you think could pop up in a visiting situation or Maybe even just like a mission, you know, the, the missions, the mission episodes on
1: Mandalorian are huge.
0: Do you think that we can have some cameo and pop-up potential here in that
2: sense?
1: I think uh who's the one who repaired his ship in season one? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I honestly her, don't
2: even know her name.
1: Cannot think Come of her on, name her. to save my life. But uh, yeah, we got the research department on it. I think her <laughs> being on, uh, Tatooine around the same time, uh, just makes for a nice l- little, uh, familiar cameo and it-, it could be fun. Who we got? Peli, Mot- Peli Motto. There we go. Of course. Peli Motto. Where's that Disney Naturally. plus series, uh, for her repairing ships across the galaxy. Um, would I would love man. to see, uh, Bill Burr's character back space, yep. Boston, you know, shout out. Um, <laughs> and I know his name too, and I just can't think of it to save my life. Get it i got Jack. it mayfeld mayfeld, mayfeld. god mayfeld he's awesome with the gun <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh don't get me started where's my ice kid mayfeld um very, he would be awesome good. to see back um but i feel like we would have his name confirmed by now right. and i feel like his character is not someone who it would be a cool surprise pop but not one that warrants being hidden per se the the character i'm holding out hope for and don't think it would happen but because of recent stuff going on with other shows i I think there is precedence i think if we're getting flashbacks we got to see something with vader and and boba fett and if vader's showing back up we all expect obi-wan to premiere on may the 4th considering it's a wednesday it's too perfect um you know, he's already been in the suit. You don't even have to have Hayden Christians in there. Uh, you can easily have filmed that on a soundstage, very discreet, and keep that hidden. That's a conversation I'd love to see. Uh, I, they might want to save his return for that Obi-Wan Kenobi show, But hey, The Rock had a random tag team match at Survivor Series 2011 before his return singles match at WrestleMania 28. So, you know, might might maybe give us a little appetizer before he gets a pretty big supporting role in Obi-Wan. And that's another thing, too. I don't think that would be a pop just for a pop's sake. I think that there is a really rich dialogue to be had between Boba Fett and Darth Vader in a flashback because he was one, not one of his right-hand men, but he was one of the bounty hunters he trusted specifically. The whole no disintegrations thing is something everyone always points back to. Of maybe it was Boba that killed Uncle Owen and Aunt Bertha.
2: Oh my gosh! I Bertha just threw me way off. It's not Bertha. It? I know that it's not. Why Bertha. Am I so not am I Bertha? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Owen, Roo. Roo. Amperoo. 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 I, had, I knew it started with to a B. I, I had knew to it started with a B.
1: <laughs> um, but people think that it was him because they they were turned into uh, skeletons and they were smoking yeah. and everything. So maybe confirming a, a long running fan theory with that kind of conversation or just kind of emphasizing who's in control uh, of Boba Fett, knowing right. that he's got a lot of a lot of potential in the galaxy, but he's not going to go against Vader because he's just, you know, you're fighting an empire in that sense. Uh, a, a flashback conversation between those two, I think, would be really special.
0: They can track him back here. They can track him back
2: home. Home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if I can just hop off
2: what Liam yeah. just said real quick. It David Thompson, I think we were recording an episode of Reckless Rebellion. Um, little plug podcast. Check it out. What's Reckless gonna,
0: Rebellion, Jack? Tell me.
2: Yeah, tell us oh, about it's, Reckless Rebellion. It is a fun podcast where me, Kleinfeld, David Thompson, and Thomas Carter Rochester, I love that name. We get together and we just talk about Star Wars, and we haven't been able to do it much. We all have busy lives and scheduling issues, but it's just a fun time. We we get on Zoom or whatever, and we just we just talk. We shoot the shit. It's if you guys want a fun Star Wars conversation, maybe some of us are drinking during it. You know, check that out. <laughs> Matt, I, I see you getting. Oh, if you like the direct is. podcast, make sure to check out Reckless Rebellion. <laughs> um, but David brought it up. He was saying how. The character of Boba Fett, you know, we've seen him in the original trilogy, saw him a little bit in the prequel trilogy, and now we're seeing him in uh, this Mandalorian universe. It's always kind of felt disconnected, you know, like they always seem like different versions of the character, which is kind of inherent with telling these stories so many years apart, and you're you're always adding or changing stuff, you know. I know George kind of like loved to do that, um, but I think what they're gonna do with this show. And what kind of what Liam said? I think they might even go flashbacks, like to Empire time, Empire Strikes yeah. Back, and and before Return of the Jedi, like before the Sarlacc stuff happens. I think we might get into some of that. Which I told David is like, if they do that, I think that that could fill in those like connection issues that you have towards it, and I have it too. Like you know, when I watch Empire Strikes Back, I don't go, "That's Tamir Morrison under that helmet." I love to think that, but I don't feel it. And I would hope that this show could maybe do something with that to where I'm like, "That's this Boba Fett now and always." So, yeah,
0: that actually leads into uh, another point I have before we kind of wrap this thing up a little bit. So, you know, like I said, there's kind of three different sectors going on between the Darksaber Mandalore stuff. There's a Jedi aspect going on with Grogu and Ahsoka and... Who else knows? You know, there's so many other people that could be showing up. Um, And so this one, I think there's one aspect of the Star Wars lore that we really haven't touched on in live action. And that's the clone stuff. And, you know, obviously we got Clone Wars, we got Rebels. We have all those different properties covering it to a sense and Bad Batch as well. But, you know, in live action, you know, we obviously we know Boba Fett already. And then in the prequels, we get the background of he's not just a clone. He's the clone. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've done away with clones overall in star Wars after the sequel trilogy, but Jack, you know, as the clone expert here, do you think that (laughs) that could be one of the main themes of this movie is diving into what it means to be the clone in the star Wars
2: universe? I am praying that they do because you get even a little bit of it in Mando season two, when they, in the finale, when they're meeting up with Bo-Katan and you know, I, I don't think she likes Boba wearing that armor. And she's like, I heard your voice a million times. Yes. And I'm like, oh,
0: yeah. my
2: gosh. Like, that's yep. so good. And I think we'll see Tamira playing some different versions of these clones and coming up, like, in the Ahsoka series. Rex, oh, my God. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I hope so. Because that's that's a big thing. Like, he, because you had Django as father. And then Django specifically requested a clone. But who didn't have like the growth uh was acceleration. He was yeah. literally, he would be born a kid and would grow like a normal kid. And it's like, number one, that's just such an interesting thing for Django. Cause the character we see in attack of the clones, it's like, why would he do that? Does he just want to like pass on like what he's done, what he's learned, his heritage, whatever. But I, I, I to me, like just the fact that, we can't really think about it because cloning doesn't necessarily exist for us. But like yes. there's another like exact person in a, in your world living somewhere else that looks just like you, sounds just like you. They're different by their personalities, but like that's got to be such a weird thing. And I I don't know. I, I would love to see if that's like a character, a big character piece for Boba moving forward of like how he takes those comments from like a bo saying, I've heard your voice a million times. Like you're nothing but like clone filth type of stuff. I think, I think that could be a big character theme moving forward. And I, I would love to see, I would love to see that play into his dynamics with everyone else. Cause I know
1: bo Katan's not the only one thinking about it. For sure. Maybe it's just cause I have a uh, multiverse of madness on my mind, but you know, you said one of the themes is heavy as the head that wears the crown. People are going to challenge him for it. What if, you know, he staves off one or two people that are, are coming for the throne, and then the biggest test is himself. It's a clone of, of, oh. of Boba Fett somewhere out there in the galaxy or a clone of Django Fett rather. That I think is a, is a very rich story that deals with like, you know, how do I, how do I fight you? You're, you're not just my friend, you're me. And it's like, I think that could be a, a crux for a really cool narrative, even if it is just for one episode.
0: Things just got out of hand. Um, you yeah, know That's a Will Smith movie, right? About crazy. He I a robot. Quote of himself. Oh Gemini my Man. god, Gemini! That Man, come out like Gemini a couple really years ago. <laughs> I live
1: forever. Great yeah. trailer music. Awesome Great. trailer. I heard it the movie was shit. Right. I forget I when rock. that came out, but I remember seeing it like three yeah. separate times out of theater. And I was like, this movie trailer rocks, and I'm never gonna see the actual film.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but uh, you guys both just got me substantially more excited for the show than I was before we hit record because something that post. Um I guess post 80s Star Wars has done so well is take one line of dialogue from past movies and TV shows and be able to expand it. You know Rogue One a lot of good men and women died to get this information. Well let's tell that story. Mandalorian is just you know taking one very small side character and expanding on it. The prequel trilogy even you know like the all the political stuff in the background Definitely. of the original trilogy is the focus of the prequel trilogy. I love that. Being able to take that one line, I've heard, I've heard that voice a thousand times, or whatever it is. Expanding mm-hmm. on that, come on, man. That's I think that can be a really awesome emotional core of this movie. Um, uh, gonna bounce around a little bit here. You know, obviously Boba Fett, title character, Finnick Chand. One of my all-stars from Mando Season Two, strictly from an action standpoint, if I'm being honest, because she's a kick-ass gunsman, marksman, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, she was able to use her sharpshooter skills so well throughout that entire season. And it was always entertaining, always fun to watch. And that brings me to this show. I think there's a lot of amazing action potential here. I think there's gonna be so many just intimate fight scenes, maybe some broader scale stuff but maybe a little more wacky than what we got in mandalorian which was a little more intense um i think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity here liam uh liam and jack i guess you know what what type of you know what can you expect kind of from the action the excitement of this show from a production standpoint keeping in mind we're probably going to be on earth i mean i mean um, on ground in tatooine more often than flying around
1: in space it's a really good point i i think we can expect uh the level we got in that episode, directed by Robert Rodriguez from Mandalorian yeah. season two, but taken up to another scale because this seems like a character Robert Rodriguez specifically has won- wanted to play with for a while. And we all marvel at that one long action scene of Boba Fett just wrecking stormtroopers. So I think we're going to take that same inspiration and elongated to a full length episode three times over at least, because as we mentioned, Robert Rodriguez is directing half of the episodes. And according to him too, in a quote, he told the Hollywood reporter the big ones too. So he's not just doing uh, rich dialogue or, or filler stuff. It's going to be, as you mentioned, Matt, every punch packs, packs a meaning. Um, and I think it's going to get uh, bigger than just one-on-one. I think we might see some Boba Fett, like sympathizers slash you know right hands of his throne facing off against people that are challenging him and i think that makes for some really really cool action set pieces and i i hope we we just up the scale of what we got in mando because you can't always go bigger bigger is not always better we've seen that with the mcu hawkeye being a fantastic uh example of the small story still sells very well But in terms of Boba Fett, I feel like Star Wars is kind of in a prove it scenario right now because they took such a long time off. And it's weird to say it's only one year, but when all your other competing franchises, if you can even say it, that competing for uh, social interaction time is is the best way to put it. When all of them have been so hot, this is going to be a series where Star Wars replant its flag in the ground that we all know has been there for decades and decades and i think boba fett's action will reflect that
0: i I definitely expect more hawkeye level action here than maybe like a falcon winter soldier where it's a little more high paced the hawkeye stuff was just creative you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and i think we're gonna get a lot of that
2: i will i'm gonna say this and this this might be where i spin off a little bit from you guys i think this action is gonna be batshit crazy (laughs) and i'm saying that because i there was one rumor and i think we i think the direct.com wrote an article about it and i i didn't write it the article i just i saw it in the slack channel and i who knows if it's true but they described an action scene and when i read it i was like i was kind of like what the hell are they doing with this show and i think robert rodriguez you know he's talked about that episode, Liam, uh, from Mandalorian season two, and how it, it really is that just turned up to another level with this action. I think they're I think Matt, what you said, they're going to get creative with it for sure. And I I do think though that it might get to a bigger scale than maybe they're leading on because, of course, I mean the trailers are only showing like the first half of the first episode, but even then, you can already see like the mania in his eyes when he's taking out some of those guys. Exactly, but. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I think they might get a little bit crazy with it. I'm I'm excited to see Fennec and Boba work together though, because she's even talked about even with like the Bad Batch, because she was in there a little bit. She's kind of in that stage in her life, more of a loner. She's a loner assassin, uh, doing her own thing, and she's talked about how in the story, her and Boba kind of she kind of realizes maybe I'm not better off alone. Maybe I, I'd be work I would work better with uh, someone else. And I want to see how they complement each other, but I also want to see where they might run into some issues, whether it be with the action or just the story and plot in general. Um, I'm excited to see them team up because I-, I love what we saw in Mando Season 2, and I want more of it.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, Phoenix never been on a team, not to brag, but I will. I was on the Avengers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't believe you just did that. Yeah. Uh, 99% amazing.
0: on Rotten Tomatoes audience score, by the way. As of,
2: Is that a band? Before. Were you in a
0: band? <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs>
2: uh,
0: one last, uh, two more things I want to say, I want to talk about here and just kind of my take on the action. I think that what we're going to get here, action and also just throughout the show, I think there's a really good opportunity here because this, is probably going to be a smaller story. It's probably not going to have the large scale effects of a Mandalorian or a Rise of Skywalker. Even um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to show some really cool Star Wars tech here. Get really creative with the um, you know the sneaky gadgets. You know the uh, what is what does Nebula call it in um, in game with uh, Peter's thing? The pick the lockpick a, a thief's tool or a, a thief. Tool, Tool of a thief. Of a thief. Yeah, yeah, I think I think yeah, we can okay. see a lot of that type of stuff here. Mm-hmm. A lot of you know, um, uh, you know, just really like thievery type things, and you know, uh, gadgets. A lot of that kind of stuff. I've, I'm excited for that. Always a really cool thing in Star Wars when they can build a lore through, you know, the technology that they use because it's a long, long time ago but it's set in the future. So they always do a really good job playing with that. And I can't wait to see what they do with so much time on Tatooine. One last thing before we get out of here, Jack, thank you so much for joining us today. Always an expert, always a gentleman, always somebody we love talking to Star Wars about. There is one um, person on this crew we haven't talked about yet, who I think is going to get us all excited. I'm going to say his name. and I think we're all going to perk up a little bit. Ludwig Gordonson. Uh, oh, He's yes. Back. Oh, I forgot. oh my. there's there are a few things that give me more emotion than the Mando theme. And I cannot wait to see what he brings to the table for Boba Fett. Jack, how how on the edge of your seat are you for whatever this opening title card is going to be?
2: I'm like, I'm just like picturing it right now because I'm trying to remember from that episode, Boba's episode in Mando season two, like some of the stuff that he did. And I remember it kind of being like, I, I look, I'm not. I love music, but I know nothing about it. It just seemed like almost like wild. Cause I mean, he was, like I said, you could see mania in his eyes when he was doing some of those action scenes. It just seemed kind of like it it, it was erratic, yet it still worked. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I, now that you've mentioned his name, I completely forgot he was attached to this. I, to me, he's the future of Star Wars music, at least, especially for this like Mando Ooh. universe. I I hope, I I really hope so. Because I mean, look, john williams i think was it was his swan song with the rise of skywalker and we've had the uh kevin kiner doing the music for the animation which has been nothing short of spectacular but ludwig man he did something different with mando and i think that's what star wars needed i think star wars needed mando and it also needed ludwig to to kind of revitalize and like reimagine star wars music um i'm I have no idea what he's gonna do for that like opening theme if they're gonna have one like they do for Mando, but I'm su- I'm ready. December 29th can't come here soon enough now. I wanna turn it on right now. He
0: he brought a beatbox into the Star Wars universe, you know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Exactly. You know, he really brought oh, that vibe into it. Uh John Williams with Rise of Skywalker, pace the resistance. I mean, come on. That's that score is unbelievable.
2: Amazing. Liam.
0: The Boba Fett score, I'm picturing in my head. I remember a little bit from the Mando season two uh, last couple episodes he was in. You know what it kind of reminded me of to make an MCU comp? Go for it. It's got Bucky Barnes vibes, like intense. And also just like it kind of grabs you like he he pops on screen and his score does the same. You know what I mean? He moves with his score. I think we're going to get those kind of vibes here.
1: To uh, Well, to compare the, the Mando score, you you give me a Bucky Barnes, I'll raise you an Eric Killmonger because yeah, not sure, only are the sure. flutes very similar, but Go it's also Ludwig. a Ludwig Gorenson score. <laughs> so, you know, he brings that kind of tribal flavor oh. everywhere he mm-hmm. goes. And I hope Boba Fett, you know, I hope it, it's similar to Mando in that it feels familiar, but it's also completely unique because... Right. Those two characters um, are very, very different and they look exactly the same, just with different color palettes. So I think you really need to emphasize uh, a different tone when Boba Fett's on screen and like, man, something someone like a little winter soldier there would be a little would be pretty sweet. But I don't know. I, I don't I don't even want to like speculate because I could have never predicted how the Mandalorian theme was going to go. And it wowed me. And it is. Somehow in my Apple Music replay, top 25 most played songs every year. I'm like, why am I listening to this all the time? But it's just the boom. And it's got the Harry Potter effect to me in the sense that it reminds me of like Christmas season, even though it has nothing to do with Christmas. It's just Mm -hmm. because Star Wars has now recently just been associated with the winter. And I, I hope Boba Fett delivers something in a way that just like has me having it on replay. I've had that Eternals theme cranking for two months straight. So
0: good. Two months straight.
1: Ramen, it's ramen, so Dejawi. Oh my God. You, you absolutely crushed it. He crushed it with Game of Thrones every single episode. He crushed it with Eternals. Uh, I hope Ludwig continues his, his trend of fantastic, not just uh, Star Wars scores, but Marvel scores as well with this Boba Fett score.
0: Right on. I keep doing this. I'm going to drag it on one more time. I need a prediction out of you guys.
2: Do we get to hear,
0: does Din Djarin make an appearance here in Boba Fett?
2: Jack? I'm so happy you went with it, Matt, because I was going to say, just picture this, guys. Picture, So we're so used to the Boba theme now, and we're like, oh, this Boba theme is so cool. This is amazing. And then he's maybe in a tight spot. He's in a tough situation. And all of a sudden, you hear, <laughs> and Din Djarin just comes out of nowhere. Oh. Maybe one of those mission episodes, Matt. Yeah, I... I think he does cuz I think Tamira was asked about it and said basically what everyone does I'm not going to say anything about it I can't get into it but like there's we did a lot of special things with this and I'm like dude don't even get me started with this because if if comes up I'm going to lose it.
1: Yeah. I'll take it one further. I think Please. that he will be in this show at some point and it's a Yelena type situation where he shows up at the end of one episode is a main player in the in the following episode. And then we get that awesome thing that I believe Arrow used to do where whenever there would be a team up episode in the cold open, they would show the two characters. Then we get the title sequence and they would mash up their themes together. Let's go. I okay. think we, we we could slowly get, you know, uh, used to this Boba Fett theme. We're jamming out to it every week on the podcast. And then episode probably four or five, we get that kind of mashup and, Could be pretty special. I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much. I do want to say real quick to what Jack was saying. How awesome is it to get that kind of reaction? Like we're all feeling it, but like to say it out loud, if Din Djarin shows up, I'm going to lose my mind. We met this character two years ago and he's already classic, nostalgic Star Wars. That is awesome for a franchise that feels like they can't create new characters for whatever reason. They keep going back to our familiars, our Ahsoka's, our Obi-Wan's, our Boba Fett's. There's proof in the pudding like you literally can make a classic character completely original if you give it the time to grow. And I don't know if you say I'm super stoked for Din Djarin until you see season two, like they took 16 chapters to establish this guy. And now we're just giddy at the thought of seeing him again, even if it is just for one episode. That is really special. And I hope that Star Wars understands what they have on their hands with all these great creators they have at their disposal. Keep creating new original characters. We will fall in love with them. I promise. I'm not I'm not that hard. I'm not I'll fall in love with any character you (laughs) create, please. Absolutely. One
2: more thing Uh, with that score also comes Slave 1 the beautiful Ah. ship that we haven't talked about maybe some action with that but i because i distinctly remember now the start of that boba fett episode then turns and you hear that tribal music and you see slave one coming in the shot i give me that ship right now i can't wait for that too
0: it's all very exciting and i keep going guys we're on tatooine there's more than one sun which means there will be a dual sunset gosh imagine that theme popping up at the end of a freaking episode get out of here ladies and gentlemen this has been the book of boba fett jack where can we find you on the internet and on podcast streams
2: uh you can find me on twitter it's usually where i'm talking about all this stuff at jack puse p-u-e-s all one word um and yeah reckless rebellion we we have a twitter handle i think it's just reckless underscore rebels um follow thomas carter rochester me david thompson kleinfeld we're hoping to push out some more episodes come the new year um if you just want some deep dives into star wars we got it for you
0: absolutely thank you so much jack liam we will uh be on the other side of this thing with book of Boba hit review episode 67 of the direct podcast
1: no sir episode 66 oh yes episode yeah we did jack we did not even plan this it just everything fell into place it's going to be epic we'll see you there